Please join us every week for a new episode of Understanding the Human Condition with Dr. James Flowers. Dr. Flowers and his most admired mentors, respected colleagues, and VIP guests will share valuable insight into underlying health causes, conditions, and issues. These in-depth yet approachable episodes are a great resource for both private individuals and industry professionals. Our esteemed host, Dr. James Flowers, is one of the most recognized and respected names in the field of chronic pain, mental health, and substance use disorders, both nationally and internationally. Dr. Flowers is the founder of J. Flowers Health Institute, located in Houston, Texas. For more information about J. Flowers Health Institute and its concierge services, go to jflowershealth.com or dial 713-783-6655. And be sure to mention this podcast. Welcome to Understanding the Human Condition with our host, Dr. James Flowers. Hey, Robin. Hey, you. How are you? I'm good. I'm glad to be here today. Um, this is our very first. First episode. First ever episode of Understanding the Human Condition. Super exciting. I am too. I'm so excited. I'm your female Ed McMahon for the day. Absolutely. I wish you were <laughs> going to be here every week. I may make that <laughs> well, change. still time. It's right. <laughs> <laughs> so um, this is a weekly show. And so every week we will have a new VIP guest. And um, we'll advertise that and let everybody know what that's going to be. But uh, yeah, I think that every week we're going to have specialists that are top mm -hmm. in their field yeah. uh, of psychiatry, um, of mental health, of nutrition, um, really every area of our human experience and really of the name of the show, mm -hmm. the human condition. Right. And so most of the folks listening right now, I'm sure know who you are. But for those who don't. Uh, why don't we start with um, your professional accomplishments and then a little bit about your journey and how you, how you got to where you are. Sure. Okay. Well, it, it's been a long road. Yeah. <laughs> but a good one. <laughs> this has been a great road. It's, uh, I think May started my 29th year uh, wow. in this field. Maybe 30th, but I think it was 29 years. Huh. Uh, I finished my fellowship training 29 years ago. And uh, my fellowship training was really in, uh, in particular, working with chronic pain patients who had opiate addiction in a multidisciplinary way, uh, meaning more than one discipline. Yeah. And meaning not just medicine, not just psychology, but medicine, psychology, physical therapy, spirituality, um, really all realms of our life. Um, because when we suffer from a chronic disease process or chronic pain syndrome, mm -hmm. uh, we really uh, begin to realize this sensation of depression, uh, anxiety, fear, grief, anger, frustration. And uh, it's pretty well documented now in the medical journals that about 70% of a person's physical pain uh, is an emotional response to their physical pain. Mm -hmm. And you can translate that really into chronic disease processes. Uh, when we experience depression, anxiety, fear, frustration, emotional responses, whether it's HIV, whether it's diabetes, what, no matter what, whether it's cancer, when we think negatively and we feel negatively, mm -hmm. then the experience of the physical condition really increases. Uh, if it's pain, the amplitude of pain increases. If it's a chronic disease process, then the disease process can speed up. Mm -hmm. um, and this little thing inside of our head called a brain mm -hmm. really does operate our 
human life and our human condition. And so we want to learn how to operate the brain in an efficient way that we can begin to thrive in life and not just live and not just survive. Right. And so what made you choose this? Uh, as far as addiction and recovery and that. You were on a radio show Saturday, The Successful Living Show, Mm -hmm. and sharing your personal journey. Yeah. And it touched me so much that I really thought that if you could, if you would be willing to share that today, that... Yeah, absolutely. I... uh you know, I grew up in a, uh, in a in a small town. I grew up early on a ranch in deep South Texas, uh, down near Mexico, and uh, that was very close to a little town. Uh, and uh, my mother uh, grew up in a very dysfunctional city, dysfunctional family, I guess I should say. My grandfather was a surgeon, and my uh, mother was, as I like to say, the best volume addict in the 70s. <laughs> my father was a workaholic alcoholic, and so he was in and out working all the time. He owned car dealerships, and so he was constantly working six and seven days a week and traveling and uh, and building his business. And uh, my mother wa- my mother was otherwise occupied uh, with either alcohol or Valium because she was depressed because my father was never home and he was working. Oh, yeah. And uh, and then growing up, uh, addiction hit my one of my sisters, and I'm the youngest of four children. And uh, I was the youngest, and I have twin sisters in the middle and then an oldest sister. And my oldest sister became a drug addict when she was around 16 years old, 15, 16 years old. Um, Started, of course, with like a lot of young adults with marijuana and went into cocaine and then went into heroin and then just continued really to take over her life. And my family sent her to the best treatment centers in the world one after the other after the other after the other and as soon as she would get out she would relapse and we really didn't understand why she was relapsing other than that there was childhood trauma and there was addiction and there was addiction in my family and there was really never any family therapy um and in fact the night my father uh took my sister my oldest sister uh, to treatment in Dallas, he drove her from South Texas to Dallas, Texas, uh, took her to the hospital, admitted her, drove home, drove up in the driveway around 6 p.m. So he had been gone for probably, I don't know, 14 hours or so. And he walked in the door and he wasn't in the best mood. And we sat down at our dining room table and uh, the twin sisters were sitting here and I was at the table and my mom and dad were at the table. And uh, Eva, who happened to be uh, the, 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 my nanny, but was really my mother, my pseudo mother, uh, walked in and put food on the table and we're eating. And while we're eating dinner, my father uh, grabbed his chest and fell over and died in front of me. So my dad had just put my sister in treatment. And then my father had a heart attack the same day and died at 41 years old. And a trauma. Yeah, and and that was a traumatic ex- experience, you know, being a 10-year-old and seeing your father drop dead in front of you. Mm-hmm. And uh wow. my uh mother my my wonderful mother whom I love dearly uh, uh was sitting at the end of the table and when my father fell over and died, my mother stood up at the end of the table and reached down and picked up her vodka and just swigged it and said, "Well, what are we going to do now?" Wow. Yeah. And as a 10-year-old, I was the one that stepped in and said, okay, we need to call an ambulance. We need to call my grandfather. We need to do this, this, and this. And I really took on the role immediately of my father and became a pseudo-husband to my mother and a pseudo-parent and a pseudo-adult. you know, adult. And I really was not an adult. And then as time went by, my sister's addiction 
she was in treatment. She left treatment to come to my father's funeral, then refused to go back. And so her addiction began to really uh, build over time. And when I was in college, my sophomore and junior year of college, my actually my junior and senior year, my junior year, uh, my oldest sister, who uh, was a drug addict, fell off of an eight-story building uh, from her balcony in her apartment and fell onto the street below and died uh, from her addiction. And one year later, one year and two weeks later, uh, one of the twins uh, died of cancer. And so I really come from this childhood, really, and even early, mm -hmm. early adolescence and then adolescence in college, really come from this background of trauma, uh, trauma, family addiction, and, um, and really realized at a young age, A, that I didn't want to participate in that, right. and why I have no idea other than I could say God. Um, really uh, wrapped his arms around me and took care of me and said, you're not going to take this path. And I really had no desire, but I think it was a trauma response. Do I have addictions? I'm sure, you know, exercise or whatever that addiction is. But, but I, um, I really uh, stepped back and said, I don't want to participate in that. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to be a part of this. And I really began to understand what my path in life was, and that was helping other people. Probably yeah. immediately should have gone to an Al-Anon meeting um, to, to, to not do that, but I didn't, and instead decided to help other people. And that's what I've done really my entire life, um, really. And then mm -hmm. I went to college and studied. Uh, my undergraduate degree is actually in, in marketing and finance, and I had no desire to do this. But then when I lost two sisters, um, I just said, you know what? Yeah. It's been a calling all my life, and I need to follow this calling. And uh, went back to school after I graduated and, and really focused on working with complex disease, complex individuals, uh, substance use disorder, and mental health disorders. And uh, after my fellowship training, uh, came back to Houston, and then shortly thereafter was invited by uh, uh, Mrs. Ford of the Betty Ford Center to come out to the Betty Ford Center and build clinical programs. That's awesome. And I built clinical programs for them and clinical pain programs, built the pain program. And then uh, did the same thing at other treatment centers and academic universities and institutions around the country um, mm -hmm. over the last 29 years. And, uh, and then a couple of years ago, really wanted to get back to my roots of what we call looking at the human condition and mm -hmm. understanding what the human condition is. And so many people in our, in our uh, industry, I'll say, of mental health, addiction, medical, uh, don't understand what their actual diagnosis is. Mm -hmm. And I really wanted to get back to my roots of, of that complex disease process and look at what the diag accurate diagnoses are. And, and that's when we built the J Flowers Health Institute. Um, mm -hmm. So that's a little bit about my background. It's a little bit about why I got into this field, strictly a, a personal life experience of coming from dysfunction and realizing that I wanted to turn that dysfunction into something positive mm -hmm. uh, and help other people. Yeah. Feeds the caretaker in it you. It does. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I've witnessed the changes in these clients. I mean, I've only been there a month now, but... Um, I was saying to you earlier that just my first day, that young woman and her mother, it mm -hmm. was her last day. She, I think she was graduating from the wellness program. She was, yeah. Um, just to know where she had been or to hear where she had been and to see her that day and her mother, um, it was unbelievable. And then the next day, 
a gentleman who literally walked in with a walker, um, and he didn't want to be here on this earth because he had just lost his wife, yeah. and not making eye contact with anybody, could barely walk. Mm -hmm. And then to see him last week come in, walk in without a walker, yeah. look us in the eye, waved at me, I mean, just... The changes in, in your clients, is, it's amazing. It's an amazing uh, experience, not only to witness, but it's an amazing experience to work with these patients from really all over the world that fly into Houston and they spend anywhere from uh, anywhere from a week, uh, gosh, up to 90 days, depending on the severity of the disease process. And, you know, we had a young lady, uh, gosh, six months ago, actually, that flew into Houston on a medevac jet um, on a gurney uh, with a physician and two nurses who landed in Houston. They took her off the, out, of the, out of the plane, out of the medevac plane, couldn't walk. All she could do was just lay flat and look at you and could barely speak. Uh, and today, that woman, six months later, is running, walking, exercising, eating, and living her life. Not just yeah. living her life, but thriving. Yeah. And and again, I just really want to stress that that you know we're all complex, right? Yeah. All of us have complex issues in our life, and and none of us escape that. But when you have an extremely complex issue, whether it's obsessive compulsive disorder, whether it's schizophrenia, bipolar, borderline, major depressive disover, disorder, um, any of the mental health disorders, substance use disorder, medical disorders, and you can't figure out how uh, to make your life better, mm -hmm. this evaluation program really does look deeply uh, and do what I call a living MRI mm -hmm. of you so that the end of the evaluation, it's uh, as if you walk into an emergency room and a physician does an x-ray and holds up that slide mm -hmm. and you see the crack mm -hmm. in the bone. Well, we, that's what we do through the evaluative process of each person's life. And at the end of it, we have a clear set of diagnoses with a roadmap on how to move forward successfully in life. Mm -hmm. And if appropriate, that person can stay and work with us in our wellness program or we can refer that patient to the most appropriate hospital or treatment center in the country that treats their specific disease process, whether it's substance use, mental health, or medical. Mm -hmm. Well, and, and also it's important to mention that for a lot of these folks, they, they choose J. Flowers Health Institute mm -hmm. because they want to remain anonymous. Mm -hmm. Some that just don't want to go to that institutional healthcare type of setting, right? right? And um, so maybe we could expand on that a little bit, too. Yeah, something that, that I noticed over the years of working in, in really, truly the best treatment programs in the country uh, over the years is that they're wonderful programs and they're very clinical programs. And they have white walls and white floors for the mm -hmm. most part. And, and patients feel uh, uh, experience something that we call white coat syndrome. Yeah. And, and we don't want them to experience that white coat syndrome. In other words, a doctor walks in, he's wearing yeah. a white coat or he's stuffy or what have you. And what I believe, what my philosophy is, is when you can be in a more relaxed setting mm -hmm. and uh, you feel a sense of trust, you feel mm -hmm. a sense of safety, of security, of being a part of the process. Uh, it's very concierge. Uh, I would say seven-star concierge. Every time someone flies into Houston, we pick them up at the airport. Yep. Our drivers pick them up the, at the airport, bring them uh, 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 
to our residents where they stay uh, and then pick them up every day for the evaluation process or the wellness program. But everything is handled for them. They really don't have to worry about a thing while they're here undergoing treatment. Mm -hmm. uh, and they can do it in a more relaxed, very nice, comfortable setting rather than being uh, in an institutional type setting. Mm -hmm. And there's someone making the appointments for, for them. There's someone collecting all the medical records. Yeah. We certainly collaborate very closely with the Texas Medical Center. And what, what people around the state of Texas and throughout the country don't realize is that Houston, Texas is home to the largest medical right. center in the world. And that is the Texas Medical Center. Uh, kings and queens and, mm -hmm. and princes and Saudi princes uh, come to Houston specifically for the Texas Medical Center because we have the top providers in the world right here in Houston. And the Texas Medical Center was built on the foundation of collaboration. So when I say that, the, the essence of treatment, whether it's a hospital system, a psychiatric institution, a psychiatrist or neurologist, a uh, orthopedic surgeon, what we do is, is we form a sense of collaboration, and not really mm -hmm. a sense of collaboration, but team collaboration. And the information is shared openly back and forth with each other. And then we sit and collaborate on what that accurate diagnosis is in order to form Beautiful. that roadmap going forward. Well, and these and specialists, I mean, anyone will, will tell you that usually you have to wait weeks and weeks and weeks to get in to see any specialist. Mm -hmm. And that's not so at Day Flowers. Right. That's part of that collaborative approach that, that uh, we're able to build and that we have built with uh, institutions throughout Houston and the providers that we utilize in Houston is that if I need to get you into the chair of a neuroscience institute uh, for a it's consultation, amazing. we can get you in the next day or that week. Yeah. Um, and it really is an amazing, uh, almost partnership-like, but really collaborative relationship. Well, for a family in crisis, that's huge. Yeah, I mean, is. it's just huge. Yeah. So many people come really not understanding what's wrong with my mother, my father, my son, my daughter, my wife, my husband, their family members, and they leave really having that true sense of that living MRI of knowing exactly what the issues are mm -hmm. and exactly what the right approach to wellness would be. Mm -hmm. And they leave feeling like their family too, yeah. like an extended family. They, yeah. they really do. Yeah. My, uh, I think I said this, but my deep philosophy is building a therapeutic alliance with not only the patient, but with the family and building that sense of trust. And when we have that true authenticity mm -hmm. and feel authentic, uh, our patient feels like we're authentic, mm -hmm. then it also exponentially progresses the amount of, uh, decreases the amount of time needed uh, to really treat a patient. Mm -hmm. Well, I think you've done a really good job too with the staff that you have. I mean, you have really taken your time to pick the talent. Everyone that I work with, they're, they're terrific. Yeah, and they all you. bend over backwards for the clients. And mm -hmm. the doctor will bring me coffee mm -hmm. and another doctor's <laughs> ordering lunch. And, you know, it really is a collaborative team and, and they it treat is. each other as equals. And that's the way. We don't have a hierarchy. We are equals no. and we all work together. We're all there for the same purpose. Uh, and in talking about the staff, the quality of the staff, 
is is I did take my time and I do take my time because I really truly want the best of the best of the best because mm -hmm. if you miss anything if you miss one spoke in the hub when you're evaluating mm -hmm. a patient the patient's going to leave and go down the road and the wheel's eventually going to fall off and mm -hmm. we really want to be that have not only that sense of collaboration with the patient but we also want to be pre exactly precise just like a surgeon and right. make sure that we pinpoint the exact etiology or origin of the onset of symptoms and disease process and have it come to a halt. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, on the subject of staff, too, I wanted to mention your relationship with Robin Mooney. So Robin Mooney is our chief development officer, and she's co-founder. Mm -hmm. And so how did that whole relationship explain to the audience? Yeah, I love working with Robin Mooney. She, uh, Robin comes from a... Um, in the United States, she's married to Jimmy Mooney, and they come from uh, what I would call treatment royalty, right? Mm -hmm. Her her husband's uh, family really founded uh, the very first licensed uh, treatment center as a hospital many, many, many years ago. And and Robin and Jimmy have been married for a long time. And, and in our world of treatment and uh, working with mental health and substance use, I frequently speak at conferences around the country. Mm -hmm. Robin was representing a treatment center in the Caribbean at the time, and or for many years. And Robin and I would run each into each other at conferences and in the conference room, and um, and uh, she would come to my lectures and. Uh, we would end up at the same dinners frequently. And so over the years, Robin and I de just developed a very, very close friendship. Yeah. Uh, in fact, sometimes I told her husband that she was my travel wife, <laughs> uh, my road wife, <laughs> and we would travel all over the country, really not together, but meeting around the country. And she's sure. an amazing woman. And when I decided to open uh, Jay Flowers Health Institute, I really, I knew that I needed a strong partner uh, that would that would travel around the world and really tell people about this new institute uh, because I want it to be the best institute mm -hmm. and I needed the best person to do that. And, and Rob and I sat down with her. I called her and said, hey, I have an idea. I want to chat with you about it. And she just immediately jumped on it. And it's been a, a, a beautiful friendship and beautiful professional relationship. And she is outstanding in her world of... Uh, of uh, really uh, branding and getting our mm -hmm. names out there and getting our faces out there and introducing you to the world and in this new world of treatment. Right. And yeah. uh, two so, Robins. Two Robins, I know. Yeah. yeah. Some of us call you in the office. Some people call her Robin and you Robbie, but I just call you both Robin. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> so, with just a few minutes left in the program, um, first off, I wanted to thank a few people, if yeah. I could, for the both of us. You bet. To make this podcast happen. Robin Mooney, of course, huge part of getting this all together. Ken Estrella, our chief of staff. Who, Amazing. Um, yeah, so yeah. great to work with and makes everything just seamless. Pat Fant at RFC Media, which is where we're filming our mm -hmm. uh, taping today. And uh, Keegan and Adam, thank you so much for um, putting this together and making us look good. And we look forward to this wonderful um, continued relationship with this uh, mm -hmm podcast. Yeah, I'm so excited about the weeks and months following this. This is our first, as you just said. We're, we're going to have the top people in their fields representing us. Some VIPs. Um, and that's right. We're going to have some great VIPs and some great experts. And uh, so hope you all can join us. And uh, Robin, thank you so much for being here today and, 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 and introducing me on this very first podcast. And I look forward to the future. We do too. Thank you.
Now, Dr. Flowers, I know that you know that I know the answer to this, but I want to ask the question for the audience. If there's someone who has a family member, a friend, a neighbor, a colleague, a patient who really needs us, uh, how do they reach us? You bet. I think two ways, the two easiest ways to reach us are both going to, and I would encourage everyone that's listening today to go look at and research uh, jflowershealth.com. They can also call us at 713-783-6655. And that's our main phone number. And uh, Leslie uh, Clark, our amazing admissions uh, person, would be more than happy to talk to you and get you uh, connected with any of our providers. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. See you next week.